turn with me in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and says 1 to 13 in your bulletin. We'll stop at verse 8 today. So Ecclesiastes 8, 1 through 13. And Solomon writes, Who is like a wise man? And who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine, and the sternness of his face is changed. I counsel you, keep the king's commandment for the sake of your oath to God. Do not be hasty to go from his presence. Do not take your stand for an evil thing, for he does whatever pleases him. Where the word of a king is, there is power, and who may say to him, what are you doing? He who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful, and a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. Because for every matter there is a time and judgment, though the misery of man increases greatly. For he does not know what will happen, so who can tell him when it will occur? No one has power over the spirit to retain the spirit And no one has power in the day of death. There is no discharge in that war, and wickedness will not deliver those who are given to it. Thus ends the reading of God's holy, inspired, inerrant word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and give us help, Lord, now by the Spirit, to understand it and apply it, and to be moved by it in our own lives. Change us by your truth. Your word is truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is a challenging section uh, for me, but uh, in this section, he deals with the issue of authority and how we're to respond to it. Uh, God's given power and authority to men. God has all authority, but he also delegates some of that uh, to men in their positions and places in this world. And you and I need discernment uh, either as those who've been put in places of authority But we all need discernment and judgment in learning how to deal with those who are in authority. How do we respond uh, to authority in in, in life? So we need God's wisdom in in order to do that. And Solomon is is at the very beginning touting the wisdom of God that is necessary uh, in order to navigate this difficult task. And so as we did last week, uh, we'll go through this verse by verse or section by section, beginning with verse 1. Who is like a wise man and who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine, the sternness of his face is changed. Now, uh, so this is a general introduction to this section. And Solomon, uh, the, the preacher who wrote many proverbs all about wisdom, uh, is seeking to praise it, to exalt it for us so that we might desire it. And certainly wisdom is sorely needed in our day. What is true wisdom? I always like to to define things. Matthew Henry describes wisdom in this way. He says, wisdom is true piety guided in all its exercises by prudence and discretion. He said, the wise man is the good man that knows God and glorifies him and knows himself and does well for himself. Uh, and remember, Solomon uh, 
teaches us, God teaches us, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So those who are wise are those who know God and fear him and, uh, and, and, and respect his word. And he begins verse 1 with a question, who is like a wise man? Another translation says, who is really wise? Uh, and he's inviting us to look around uh, and to see what... What do we see? Do we see any any wise people today? I'd say that there are relatively few wise people around these days. Uh, who's like a wise man? I, I'm not sure that there are very many. There are some. Uh, I know that. And uh, and and yet, and, and the person who has wisdom, the, the wise man. If we can find a wise man, that person is superior uh, to. A lot of other people superior to someone who's wealthy. He's superior. If you have wisdom, uh, you're greater than one who has nobility or who has power or who is highly educated. You can be highly educated and be a fool. Uh, and 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 so uh, you know the influential, the powerful, uh, the wise person is greater than them all. And Proverbs four seven said. It says wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. Pretty, pretty uh, basic idea. Uh, it's worth the effort to get wisdom if you can get it, if you can obtain it. It's valuable, it's, it's beneficial, it's useful, it's practical uh, in your life. And uh, Solomon says the wise man knows the interpretation of a thing. And, and, and uh, he, the wise person understands life. He understands the meaning of life, the way God designed the world, the way God wants us to, um, to live in this world. The wise person really is someone who knows God, who knows his word, who studies the Bible, and is, is well-versed in its truths. And he's able to rightly interpret scripture and to apply it. Uh, in his life, the wise person can take biblical truth and use it to interpret the times uh, that we live in and, and how we're to live in those times. So uh, he's able to interpret what's going on around him from God's perspective. We need God's perspective. And that's what it means to be wise is to have God's perspective on your life, on your situation, on your circumstances. Uh, so the wise person is able to give wise counsel to those who need it, whether it's to the young, to children, uh, or to those in crisis or in difficulty. Uh, the wise person uh, is able to communicate God's truth in such a way that other people are helped in their difficulties, helped to see their situation more clearly. And uh, so if you're wise, you can impart that wisdom to other people. And that's a good thing because... Uh, most people are without wisdom, and we need more wise people who can impart wisdom uh, to others. But the second half of verse 1 says this, that a man's wisdom makes his face shine, and the sternness of his face is changed. Uh, I would put it this way, that, that wisdom makes a person winsome. It makes a person uh, attractive in the sense that you gravitate towards them. You uh, want to hear what they have to say. You know uh, that they have sound advice and so uh, you are inclined to want to talk to them and, and have conversation and maybe open up to them. You can tell a wise person, Solomon says, by their countenance. 
They're not harsh and stern and off-putting, but but there's a joyful, gentle countenance, not a hardened, stern one. One that's open to to people and their problems. In other words, the wise person is like Jesus. Jesus was gentle and meek. Now, he wasn't weak, but he was gentle. He was meek. And Mark's gospel said that the common people heard him gladly. You know, we know that Jesus loved little children, and the little children loved him. Uh, We know that Jesus loved sinners. He spent time with notorious sinners, with tax collectors, even calling one to be one of his followers. And uh, he he went to dinner with them, and, you know, he, he accepted their invitations. He was very much criticized for that, but... He went to teach them, to call them to repentance, just like he did it with anyone he would spend time with. And so Solomon was very wise, but Jesus is wisdom incarnate. Uh, So if you have Jesus, you are on the way to becoming a wise person. You have wisdom dwelling in you. 1 Corinthians 1.26. And Paul writes this, he says, For consider your calling, brothers, not many of you were wise, okay? Not many of you were wise when you came to Christ. Uh, if I was wise when I came to Christ, I would have come to Christ a whole lot sooner <laughs> than I did. Uh, I was not very wise for going on as long as I did. And you today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, have not surrendered your heart and soul to him and said, take over, save my soul from sin and be my Lord and Savior, then today is the wise day for you to receive Jesus. Well, <clears throat> Jesus is wisdom itself. It says, uh, you know, that if you go on in 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, it says in verse 30 uh, that uh, because of him you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God. So if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, uh, then you have the source of wisdom Uh, connected to you. You're in union with wisdom, ultimate wisdom and truth. That that wisdom gives us the ability to navigate uh, circumstances of life, and one of those circumstances is the way we deal with and respond to authority, whether it's in government or or business or in the family, uh, you name it. But I I think about government because that's what he brings up in verse 2, He mentions the king. I say, and he's saying this as a king himself, keep the king's commandment for the sake of your oath to God. And um, simply put, he says, obey the king. Keep his commandment. Literally, the the Hebrew there means be attentive to the word of his mouth. Uh, Don't ignore what the king says. Uh, Do so for the sake of your oath to God. Evidently, subjects in those days were required uh, to swear an oath of allegiance uh, to kings. That was just a normal thing. And it's interesting, I I just happened to think about uh, those who do come into our country uh, from elsewhere and become U.S. citizens legally, which I think is a fine thing. But they take an oath of allegiance. And part of it reads this, I hereby declare on oath that I absolutely and entirely renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty of whom or which I have heretofore been a subject or citizen. 
that I will support and defend the Constitution and laws of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. Now, if you were born here, you never took that oath, but really you're bound to that same thought. Uh, and, and interesting you know, to note that the oath of citizenship for our nation does not uh, require us to give allegiance to a person, to a leader, to a president, uh, but to the Constitution and laws uh, of the United States. It's a little rabbit trail here, but uh, our nation was meant to be uh, governed and ruled by law, not by men. Uh, and uh, regardless, uh, Solomon is giving us a principle here that applies to uh, Christians, to believers, uh, no matter what type of government they live under. Uh, the New Testament bears this out. Jesus said this, he's, uh, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And uh, in your bulletin, there's a little commentary by Charles Bridges, and you know, uh, he says, you know, the the idea that um, you know, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar stands upon the same ground as unto God the things that are God's. Uh, of course, we want to give the things that belong to God to God. We have a harder time giving to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. I have a hard time paying taxes. Um, not looking forward to that coming up here soon. But, uh, you know, we find this all throughout the New Testament. Uh, Paul said to Titus, Teach believers in Crete to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work. And most of us are familiar with Romans 13. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there's no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Uh, Now, we have to take those commands, those uh, exhortations to us seriously, don't we? We can't just ignore them. Now, in our day, many Christians are not too happy with their uh, the national government, myself included. I'm not unhappy about our Constitution but with those who want to change its meaning from its original intent. Um, I'm also upset at, uh, at laws being passed uh, that go against uh, biblical uh, truths and, and uh, standards in many ways. And, but, you know, I have to look back at, at the disciples in the early church, and they were under the authority of Rome, under Caesar, I imagine many of the laws of Rome didn't sit too well with them uh, at that time either. And yet Paul said, be subject to the governing authorities. It's a challenging thing, isn't it? Uh, Do you have a hard time with this? I do. (laughs) uh, And and maybe it's it's just because of my native sinful rebellion, uh, rebellious attitude that's still left over uh, in the corruption of, of remaining sin. But... If any king, of course, or any authority, and you know this already, but commands you to break God's law, then what do you do? You have to obey the higher law. That's God's law, uh, the one he gives us in Scripture. Because the the, the true constitution that overrules all other constitutions and laws is the Bible. And so our allegiance to Christ and to his word uh, must be greater always uh, than than our you know, allegiance to earthly rulers and earthly laws. 
So what does a wise person do with regard to those who are in authority? Well, the wise person does his best to submit uh, to that authority and respect that authority and obey that authority. And, uh, and so there are lots of laws maybe that we don't like. We still have to obey them. Uh, there may be laws that are, are inconvenient, but we still should respect them and, and seek to, to uh, keep them. And um, as long as we're not required to disobey one of the commands of God, as long as we're not required to go against our conscience before God, uh, then we should do our best to keep those laws. So, you know, the bottom line is uh, that if we're wise, we won't be rebels, we won't be criminals, we won't be lawbreakers whatever nation we happen to be living in. And Peter talks about in one of his epistles, you know, if you're suffering for Christ, you should rejoice. But he reminds him, he says, but let none of you suffer as an evildoer, as a murderer, a thief, a busybody in other people's matters. Don't suffer as a lawbreaker. Suffer for Christ, and that may uh, be where you come into conflict with the laws of the land uh, in serving Christ. That can happen. But moving on now, let's look at verse 3, where he says, Do not be hasty to go from his presence, the king's presence. Do not take your stand for an evil thing, for he does whatever pleases him. So uh, those who served, let's say you served uh, in the court of the king, and if you came before the king, you, you stood before him, you received directions and commands, and hastiness to, to leave his presence before he was ready for you would have not uh, been taken very well. It would have been a sign of disloyalty and disrespect. You, you just shouldn't do that, of course. And, and then Solomon says, don't take your stand for an evil thing. Basically, he warns against insubordination to those in authority. Uh, and, and, and Romans 13 says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities because whoever resists that authority resists the ordinance of God. Those who resist will bring judgment upon themselves. And Solomon reminds them, the king does whatsoever he pleases. Be careful here because uh, it, it may come down, he may come down hard on you uh, if you do not fall in line. Uh, well, in our own nation, obviously it's not a monarchy. We have more, much more freedom. Uh, than they did in ancient times and in other nations today. And, and we can campaign, we can vote, we can work uh, to uh, you know, express our ideas and beliefs and try to persuade people. Uh, we, we can, you know, if we can get enough people with us, we can oust a leader that we do not like. And, uh, and yet while that leader is in power, we need to be wise about how we conduct ourselves, uh, and 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 that takes wisdom. Yes, from from the Lord. Uh, Apostle Peter says, "Fear God, honor the king." Well, in that order, certainly, uh, but still, honor the king. What about when people in authority are acting in ways contrary, uh, you know, to Scripture, and and they're taking our nation in, in a wrong path? What, what do we do? Well, fear God. And honor the king or the, the governor, the president, whoever it is. And, of course, we do other things. Uh, we pray for those in authority. Paul instructed Timothy uh, that we do that. Uh, and, and, of course, we get involved at whatever level the Lord leads us to. And, and certainly uh, voting and being an influence on government to make it better uh, can be part of what we do. But at all times, we still are to render honor 
to whom honor is due. And uh, we, we can learn uh, from uh, someone who went through a situation uh, under an unjust regime, under a, 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 an unbiblical and even pagan regime, and that was the prophet Daniel. You know about Daniel from the Old Testament. And he lived in Babylon, and he served actually in, in, in the government, and yet he never compromised his faith. Uh, he, he did so, respect, he respectfully obeyed the king of Babylon. He served him as he was able. He was discreet. He was respectful. He was loyal. He was even diligent. And yet, of course, there was a couple of tests that came along. One was when someone made this wonderful rule that you could only pray to King Darius for 30 days. Well, they were trying to trap him. They knew that Daniel prayed to his God. Uh, often he did so three times a day. Well, what did Daniel do? Well, he had to he had to disobey uh, the rule. Uh, he had to pray as he was want to do. Uh, and, you know, see, Daniel was fully devoted to God. That's the question we have to ask ourselves: Are we fully devoted to God, like Daniel was? Is our prayer life what Daniel's was? If we were asked to not pray to any god uh, other than you know the president, which is not going to happen, but uh, you know, today, we find ourselves actually, well, are we even praying to the God that we do know and believe in? You know, do we have a genuine prayer life like Daniel did? Well, uh, Daniel was committed before this edict, and he was committed uh, during the edict, and he was thrown into the lion's den for what uh, he wouldn't do. Of course, God delivered him, and... and uh, what about our world? We live in an increasingly pagan world that, that tries to push God out of it altogether. And uh, we need to do as Daniel did. Uh, we need to do as Jesus said. He said, be wise as serpents, be innocent as or harmless as doves. So in wisdom, we don't go out courting trouble. Trouble will find us. Yes, at times it will. We don't have to go out and stir up trouble uh, with... Uh, those in authority for ourselves or for other Christians. So wisdom keeps us from rebellion, from sedition and things like that. But we do have to be re reminded, of course, of God's authority. Uh, you know, think of we're in the king's presence. We don't go out hastily from the king or from the ruler. But God's the, the ultimate ruler. We're in his presence all the time. And as sinners... We, by nature, try to flee his presence, which, of course, is impossible. Uh, and Psalm 139, verse 7, King David said, Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? And, and so uh, you're in the presence of God. How, you know, even as Christians, uh, sometimes we run from God. Sometimes we try to hide from God. Sometimes we just want to act like he's not there and do our own thing. And that's not wise, is it? Because he's the Lord of all. And uh, so we need to show ultimate respect to his authority. And certainly we are not to take our stand in an evil thing, uh, Solomon says. And that's before God or even before the government. But because God sees us and he, he will hold us to account. And I think of Christians today who, who vote for a party and vote for people who are all in for killing unborn babies. 
who are all in for promoting the mutilation of children with this whole transgender stuff that's going on. All in for homosexuals having the right to, to marry and join the church and do whatever sin they want to do. Well, this is evil. Uh, these Christians, I uh, think that they're being, uh, uh, you know, that they're doing right, but they're doing evil by joining themselves to an evil cause. Now we have to we have to ask ourselves, you know, these these questions, and if we take a stand for evil things, in whatever way we do, we will have to answer uh, to God for these things, and we we should challenge uh, other Christians uh, in these areas as well. Verse 4, where the word of a king is, there's power, and who may say to him, what are you doing? Well, more of the the same idea. Rulers have authority. They have power. We will suffer uh, if we question their authority, if we we go the wrong way. Uh, But there's a right way and a wrong way to go about questioning a ruler's authority. Again, our country provides for legal dissent. Uh, at the ballot box, or at least uh, it, it, to a point, <laughs> uh, it, it may uh, be um, that kind of thing can be taken away. But uh, someone said that citizenship in a republic like ours implies clear responsibilities for Christ's followers that did not exist in first century Roman Empire. And yet if we don't do things lawfully, uh, we... We can expect punishment. Romans 13 again says, If you do evil, be afraid. The the, uh, one in authority does not bear the sword in vain. He's God's minister to avenge and execute wrath on those who practice evil. Verses 5 and 6. He who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful. And a wise man in heart discerns both time and judgment, because for every matter there is a time and judgment, and so on. Well, if you obey the laws of the land, you you'll stay out of trouble and um, only disobey them when we're command, when we're told to go against God's authority and God's word. So uh, if governing authorities require me as a minister to perform weddings for homosexuals, I will um, have to disobey them. I will disobey them. And if I don't, you know, you can fire me right away. It, if they tell me to stop preaching the gospel uh, to to people, uh, then I'm not going to stop preaching the gospel. And we find this in Acts 4. The Jewish authorities warned the apostles to speak no more to anyone in this name. Well, here's their reply, Peter and John in Acts 4. You know, Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And uh, in the second half of verse 5, says, and a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. A wise person is able to discern between a lawful command and an unlawful one, uh, between a, a time when you must obey God and, and not man and vice and, and, and so on. So uh, the wise person knows the time and the place to go against the rules and, uh, and how uh, and, and when to go along. Uh, with those who are in authority. So, again, here, here's the thing. We're called to preach the gospel to all people. We, we cannot get out from under that command, and, and no earthly authority can make us do so. But here's what Jesus said. Uh, he said, well, when they persecute you in one city, you're going there to preach the gospel. Flee to the next. 
the idea is, is that wisdom knows when to keep preaching and when to retreat and live another day and, and go somewhere else, um, you know, to, to preach. So uh, we need to be ready to lay down our lives for the Lord, but, but we're not looking to become martyrs, uh, you know, just like, uh, you know, for the sake of being martyrs. Again, a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. For every matter, there's time and judgment. So when we don't observe the right time and the right way of doing things as we ought to, we can expect trouble for ourselves that maybe we brought on ourselves. So pray for wisdom. We need wisdom in our day. We need to be like the men of Issachar. You've heard of the men of Issachar, right? First Chronicles 12:32. we read that the sons of Issachar had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Do we know what we ought to do in our times? We need to pray and seek God's wisdom for that. And then lastly, verses 7 through 8, uh, it talks about, you know, war. he does not know what will happen. Who can tell him when it will occur? No one has power over the spirit to retain the spirit. No one has power over the day of death. So you and I do not know what's going to happen tomorrow. And, and Solomon takes it for granted that you can know, cannot know the future. And so a lot of Christians today are trying to get special revelation from God. They want to be able to predict the future. They want to know what, you know, uh, what, what's, what's happening uh, and be able to predict things. The so-called prophecy experts, the ones that say they know when Jesus is coming back. Well, we know they're all scammers because Jesus said, I don't even know that. And, uh, you know, and so on. So... Uh, we have to learn to accept uncertainty uh, in life, knowing that with God there is no uncertainty. And um, you know, and certainly uh, you and I don't know when Jesus is coming. Neither do we know when we're going to leave this world in death, if that should precede His coming. And so, uh, one of the one of the translations of verse 8 says, No one has power over the wind to contain it. The word for wind or spirit is the same word in Hebrew. And uh, no one, you know, you can't control the wind, neither can you control the day of your death. Uh, you should do everything you can to protect your own life as well as the lives of others, to prolong life in a reasonable way by being sensible and living healthily and so on. But the length of your life and the day of your death are determined by God, ultimately. And uh, he alone has the power and the authority to do that. And so we need to be ready at all times to die, ready at all times for the coming of the Lord. And no matter how young, no matter how old you are. And so I would ask you this morning, are you prepared to die? That day is uncertain. I don't know when it is. I hope it's not today. But it could be for some of us. For one of us, who knows? Uh, we need to be prepared to stand before God, to know that we know Jesus, to know that we know him and have been saved from our sins. And the bottom line, as we sum up this passage, is that man's authority it has been established by God, and we would be wise to submit and, and, and share respect, and, and we're duty-bound before God to do so. We may not have taken a formal oath to do so, but our commitment to God and in His Word, we are duty bound uh, to uh, submit to those in authority. However, we know that there's going to be times when we have to resist uh, human authority, and the wise will discern 
those times and, and, and situations. And, and whether we obey or disobey human authority, we recognize that it's all under the control of God and his ultimate authority. He's a sovereign ruler of all things. And, and, and we understand that no earthly ruler can control things that God does, such as the future and the day of our death. And so we're, if we're wise, we'll not put our trust in man, but in God alone. To us, yes, every day is uncertain. We don't know what a day will bring forth, and we shouldn't act as if we know uh, the future. But if we're wise, we'll trust God who holds the future. He holds our present lives in his hand, and all circumstances and all people are in his hand. With God, there is no uncertainty. And the things that he's revealed in his word are certain. That's one thing you can put in the bank, you can take to the bank, is the word of God, the infallible words of scripture. Things like salvation through faith alone and the, the doctrine of his the certainty of his coming again, Christ coming again in judgment. These are things that are certain. And uh, kings and rulers have authority, but it's delegated. It's on loan from God. It can be taken away. And there's only one king who has all authority. And as Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. To me, Jesus said, in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Well, what does Solomon say? Uh, he said, you know, uh, in verse 2, keep the king's commandment for the sake of your oath to God. And the king Jesus has given us a commandment. All authority has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Uh, if we are wise, we will keep that commandment because we serve the king of kings. And this we must do no matter what earthly kings say. We have a greater authority uh, that tells us to keep going with this commission uh, and, and he promises to be with us, doesn't he? Uh, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So if Solomon urges us to wisely keep the king's command, how much more are we to keep our Lord's command uh, to carry out his commission until our life ends or until he comes back? Amen? Let's pray. I do thank you, Lord, for your word. and.